Welcome to this episode of Talking Kotlin. That's it. That's I, I forgot. Seb, how are you? I am great. It's been a while, hasn't it? I know it has. And look, we're wearing matching shirts. Yeah, we're, we look, we're so on brand today. It's great. Totally. I, I even have the... Oh, sorry. It's... Uh, it's... <laughs> okay, this is awkward. I can't get... Where are my pins? Oh, there. <laughs> uh, I have the Kator and the Mascot pin. Wow, those look YouTube. great. If you're if you're tuning YouTube in by audio have. and you do want to see those kind of pins, make sure you, you tune in on YouTube, by the way. I also have one of them here, uh, like at least the, the Kotlin Conf uh, limited edition mascot pin, uh, but I'm not wearing it on my sleeve right now. Yes, Sorry. and please do make sure to tune in on YouTube because uh, Seb was just saying to me before we started the show that essentially all I am on this show is a pretty face. And if you're not on YouTube, you can't even see my pretty face. So there you go. Uh, I have to contribute something to this. And uh, talking about contributions, here's a segue. We were at DroidCon last week, weren't we? Oh, that's right. It was a great time. It was. It was really exciting. It's like I, I, I felt so immersed in Android development and, or should I say, multi-platform development. Yes. So many things. But we, we received some very important feedback over there, which uh, did not mirror the YouTube comments, which is that, oh, man, people really like the weather segment on this show. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so despite our hesitance to bring it back and the hate on YouTube, uh, I, I especially love the comments of you just wasted the first three minutes of my life by, you know, talking about the weather. Can you just talk about the Kotlin world? No, you know what? From now, we're going to talk about the weather, whether you like it or not. You can fast forward, do whatever the hell you want. You want a show just about Kotlin? Listen to any other show. This is Kotlin and the weather. Right, is there, Seb? Is there another one? Yeah, I assume so. I, I guess that's that's if we ever choose to rebrand, I think it's, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, talk. How is the weather? Uh, for me, wonderfully sunny right now. It's uh, it's a lot nicer than it was just a couple of days ago. Cause we had we were peaking out here in Munich, thirty four degrees, like completely blue skies. Uh, yeah, and at that point, you uh, yeah, you start kind of melting a little bit. How about yourself? I'm 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 good. I'm at thirty four. Is I I have a little uh, Bluetooth uh reader here. Which with my thermometer outside, it is thirty-four point seventy-five degrees Celsius, and eighty-four point five degrees humidity percent humidity. Oh, I'm brilliant. Humid. Like I could just step outside into the spa. I have this open air spa that I could just step into. It's fantastic. Wow. And, uh, so yeah, awesome. But stuff. it's all fine. This is fine, as they say, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like the whole world is burning, but we are fine. And uh, talking about more important things in the world, burning. Uh, who are our guests <laughs> on the show today? I, I really, I don't. I'm not sure. You're gonna have to explain that segue in just a little bit. But today we're uh, we're talking to uh, Johannes and partner from uh, Instabi. Johannes uh, is one of the lead Android developers there, and partner is also an uh, Android developer on the team. Hi and welcome to the show, folks. Hello. Thank you. Nice to be here. Great to be here. All right, so so in the interest of really, you know, getting that weather segment back on its track, uh, where are you folks located? Stockholm. All yep. right, and yep. it's a bit uh, cloudy here today, um, which is usual. Okay, 
Yeah, I, I, we, we've talked about this very briefly before the show. I, I, I'm always very jealous of people living in, in places that are so close to the water. It's just such a, such a nice air. Uh, and you know, be, Stockholm has absolutely beautiful scenery. Remind me to tell you later about about this thing called the swimming pool. But okay, um, you know you can get those in in Germany. I've seen them. I've seen. I'm, one in the I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's regulations against them somehow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Probably need to have a, a swimming pool license or something like that. All right. Cool. Um, well, so Johannes, uh, partner. You folks work at Instabe. Do you want to give us uh, just a little overview of, of what it is that you folks do? Yeah, sure. Um, so Instabe is a last mile uh, delivery uh, technology company. We, we focus a lot on the technology part. So we spend a lot of time on uh, using software to solve last mile delivery problem in a very... Uh, efficient and uh, nice way for the customers. So it's very convenient for the customers. It's also very convenient for the merchants. And since we can also be very efficient, it's also very nice for the environment because we don't waste a lot of resources. So it's a win-win-win situation. All right. So so last mile delivery uh, means the, the folks that actually drop off the, the packages at like the doorstep. Is that right? Yeah. Home deliveries and uh, smart uh, smart lockers. Okay. All right. So, gotcha. yeah. okay. so you have no relation whatsoever to UPS, no? Because uh, I'm no. really <laughs> dissatisfied with their last mile <laughs> delivery, I tell you that. Mm. Oh, my. No connection. Yeah. No connection. Okay. Gotcha. So I think it's, I'm, I'm really, really glad that we have you on the show today because how i got introduced to to your company and and what you folks do was a little bit of an odd story for me so if we if we rewind a little bit back to kotlin conf 2023 which by the time of this recording has been it's been about three months ago um but one of the things we did there was we announced uh compose multi-platform for ios so our UI sharing solution that allows you to take all the, the Jetpack Compose APIs and with them essentially build shared user interfaces for your mobile apps, all kind of backed by, by Kotlin multi-platform. It was a huge release for us, uh, like bringing that out into alpha. Um, and it was, it was quite a lot of uh, work uh, kind of happening in the dark and without us communicating about it. So I went up on stage um for the presentation and while i was like setting up my my powerpoint presentation a colleague of mine comes up and she's she she says to me so we just we, some some folks just came up to us and, and they said they were using compose multi-platform on ios already in production can you maybe add that also to the presentation uh, and I think in post-production, hopefully we can add a, add a short clip of, of me referencing you folks on stage. Um, I'm, I was, yeah, I was absolutely flabbergasted. I, I think that was a, a super impressive and, and super, like, little fun thing to happen. I also was approached about five minutes before we started our talk from one of our folks at the Kotlin team that apparently here at this conference, there's uh, a couple of folks from a logistics app 
that already use Compose for iOS to support uh, their share of drivers that are using uh, iOS, which, again, impressive speed. I don't know if they implemented that since the keynote or since when, but <laughs> apparently they did that. So that's, uh, that's quite exciting. But I think it's also the perfect hook for you to tell your Compose multi-platform story. Like, how? Why? Like, yeah, I, I think I think we can just like let you launch into this, and then we'll we'll see where it goes. You know, Seb, yeah. the way you're asking why is like, why? Why on earth would you do something? <laughs> why like would this? anyone? Well, I, I mean, I mean, I, you know what? I feel that's a legitimate question. I feel yeah. like asking why would you pick a technology that hasn't even been announced yet that you don't know if it's gonna exist? I mean, now now you know it's gonna continue existing, but. For all you know, this might have just been an experiment, right? It was a pre-alpha version. So yeah, uh, I'm, I'm very curious to, to hear your story. Yeah, sure. Um, so um, we had previously um, our own phones that we used, Android phones, for our couriers. And uh, they were running yeah, Android. So we only needed an Android app. Uh, so we had a, a courier app that a courier were using when delivering parcels. And it was had been in production for like three years. And uh, then we started looking into, we acquired a home delivery company and they did bring your own device. So then we started thinking about adding bring your own device support. And since we already had an Android device in production, and we were also only me and Parta working on this, uh, to Android developers, uh, we started looking into Compose, uh, or first of all, uh, Kotlin multi-platform. Um, so two years ago, we started preparing for KMM, and then after the summer last year, um, Partha, you you found out, or maybe you can take over from there. Yeah, I can uh, take over that part. Um, I've been like we have been uh, following Compose for a long time. Um, like we started migrating to Compose with our Android only app uh, two years ago, and that went really well. Uh, we really liked how Compose uh, like help us during development and uh, things like that. And then um, um, I mean I've been following Compose development during when it's in dev stage as well. Like the potential of Compose being multi-platform and JetBrains releasing uh, Compose for desktop and web. And uh, so that, that gave us confidence on um, confidence on this Compose as a framework, Compose UI as a framework, that uh, it can do multi-platform UI. And, uh, and like, yeah, we, like initially we wanted to do start writing Swift UI, even though we are Android developers, I gave uh, that I shot last year, <laughs> um, which didn't well went well, and then I got to came up came about this uh, uh, compose UI from um, from a post in Reddit, and then I went to the GitHub uh, repository and started looking at the sample, which is uh, the first sample I think was Falling Balls multi-platform compose. It's like a game, and which runs on uh, iOS. I was super excited. Um, so I took the inspiration from the build setup on the repository, and um, yeah, we we did a prototype in a couple of weeks. We got uh, got our app running on iOS, and and uh, we showed that to our CTO, um, and he really liked it. Um, and then we started working on it, and that's how 
we got into Compose iOS. Wow. Okay. That's, I, I, that's, I, I think that's that's so impressive. <laughs> so I uh, I have one comment to your question, Seb. Uh, you said, uh, why would you adopt something that hasn't even been released? It's called open source, right? Uh, it's, uh, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> yes, because if, if JetBrains doesn't continue to work on it, which we will, uh, someone else will, right? Open source, because that's how open source works, right? <laughs> right, right. Um, so I have... Uh, I actually have two questions for you. I was going to, well, I, I want to know how long it took you to, to make this move. Uh, but before that, you said, I went to my CTO and they're like, cool. So tell us, what did you say to your CTO that they said like, cool? Because usually a lot of folks that come to us, they're like, how can I convince my CTO to say, <laughs> yeah, let's do this? Well, um, <clears throat> our CTO is a very nice guy. He really likes Android, and we use Android to solve a lot of problems in the terminals. And um, yeah, um, but uh, we, we've shown that we can solve a lot of different problems with Android. And uh, since we also knew how Compose for iOS worked, that it's more uh, separated from the rest of the system, it just draws on the canvas using Skiko. It Even if it stops being supported, it will continue to work for a long while. Uh, since it shouldn't break. It doesn't have the, the connections that could break to different Apple APIs. It's just drawing on the canvas. Uh, so that's what made us a bit more confident about using this for a while, at least. Um, and uh, then, yeah, we, we could show a, a functioning prototype. And uh, we could also give a sort of a short estimate of how long time this would take. So it, it sounded sounded good. And, and you said your you said your prototype was was done in in a couple of weeks. Yes, um, since we already had uh, our Android app fully composed, and the, the the initial prototype, we just moved those files to common um, folder in KMM, the project structure. And uh, that's all it took us initially to have a simple prototype, like without any navigation or anything, just to show information from our backend server uh, with the same design patterns that we had for Android, but then show it in iOS. So that wasn't uh, that difficult for us to do. It's just simply as simple as moving files. Um, and we also had a separation, like since we had have been working on KMM before, we had this uh, ideology to separate Android specific APIs um, in a separate way. Like we didn't depend on, uh, for example, context from Android in Compose UI. We have just plain Compose frameworks for the screens in the app. So then for us, it's as simple as just moving the file in a different directory. That's all we got to do initially. Okay, wow. So just to just to reiterate this, because I think you, you, you mentioned it briefly uh, in advance, you were already looking, like, what was the, the initial drive towards um, doing Kotlin multi-platform independent of Compose multi-platform? Was, was it the merge with the, with the bring your own device? Or, or was it actually something that you started earlier than that, like just as a premonition type thing? No, it was the, the, the upcoming bring your own device uh, requirements. 
So okay. that's why we started working. I see. Okay, so you you anticipated that there was going to be a fleet of just like eye devices as well that would have to be supported yeah. eventually. So okay, you kind of just steered in that direction. Okay, I mean that's obviously I think that already puts you on a on a very good path, right? Because I mean all the compose multi platform stuff it, that is under the hood. That's all just Kotlin multi platform. There's, there's no no extra magic. So. Uh, it's it's really just the the UI layer that changes. But I'm 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 still kind of curious. Do you want to like walk us through what the what the overall like app architecture like looks like? Um, maybe I don't know. Maybe you can explain to us like just a little bit of the functionality that's in the app, and then how that uh, like flows through whatever you have. Your your I assume maybe your view models, or then like your uh, your platform specific or common implementations. How does that look like? So if you take one of them, we actually have two apps using Compose for iOS in production. But if you take the most common one, the biggest one, that's the courier app that the couriers use to deliver parcels. Uh, it's quite a feature-rich app. Uh, it's around 40 screens, I think. And it uh, really enables the courier to solve a lot of problems they have uh, when they are out delivering parcels to make it as efficient as, as possible so they don't need to call in. Um, so you can, yeah, you, you, when you deliver parcels to a locker, for example, you see all the list of parcels that needs to be delivered and to be picked up from there. And you can also, if something is uh, missing or something, you can mark it directly in the app there. You can also scan parcels. We're using the camera with uh, uh, is it the ML kit for uh, barcode uh, analyzer and uh, what else are we using? We're using uh, location tracking. We're using, uh, yeah, um, a lot of different uh, Wi-Fi, a lot of native APIs, which is also very nice to work with with uh, KML, uh, that you just need to create a platform-specific implementation. Then you have a, a common way of, of calling them. Um, and that is basically structured like the the Google recommended way with uh, data models, repositories, view models, and the UI on top. And uh, the UI is uh, all compose, and we're using uh, events and actions to talk, to communicate with the view model. Just to add as a point to that, uh, we, this, this is a migration for two years that like we initially had view models and uh, with live data um, all over the structure in the repository and uh, yeah, basically all over the code. The, the first migration we did was to move to Kotlin Flow, uh, which then unlocked a lot of potential of uh, moving towards KMM. So that's a big impact on uh, moving from live data to Flow everywhere. Yeah. That's and, a... and we also moved to KTOR for the client. Mm. Oh, look at that. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure Hadi's <laughs> Hadi's not smiling for all of those. Well, because I mean, okay, fine. You use K2 client. I want to K2 server as well. You know, like, I was expecting a why question though. Like, no, but why? Call, call, call me back when you move this to the server. Okay, like I, I have done one you... server app in in K2. And you loved it, right? Yeah, it was nice. It was amazing. Like, right, so yeah. just go to your CTO long... and say this is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> But it was at the previous say, company okay, cool. a very long time ago. <laughs> I mean, don't forget, jokes aside, like 
the, the whole purpose of Kotlin multi-platform isn't just to do Android and iOS apps, right? It's to be like kind of full stack all the way. So if you bring in the server and you do something like Ktor or Spring or whatever you want to use, as long as it's Ktor, uh, you still have this common code that you could actually share between the, the back end and the front end. So, so I I just have one one small follow up question because you you mentioned that you actually rely quite heavily on um, the 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 device specific APIs things like the the Wi-Fi ML kit camera integrations. Um, did you and and like just walk us through how you like access those? Is that is that all done through just pure pure Kotlin, or is that like a mixture between the the native languages and then you you interop? Like how did you how did you structure this part? Yeah, um, I can take that one. That's uh, uh, that's basically what I did for last couple of years um, working on uh, KMM uh, mostly. Um, we it's it's hundred percent Kotlin. We just because um, I don't know how to write Swift or we don't have any resources, uh, who knows the app about Apple frameworks? It's uh, just we two Android developers and we know Kotlin and Java. So we went with uh, uh, writing KMM implementations of those native APIs um, using uh, the C interop uh, tasks uh, that which, which just compiles and gives us a Kotlin references of those Apple frameworks. Uh, we did uh, like layer by layer, uh, like we did the locations first because it sounds pretty simple. And then we did the most complex uh, layers like camera hardware and uh, the Wi-Fi APIs. And uh, mm, yeah, I mean, ba basically it's, it, we, we took all the Apple references and wrote pure Kotlin code. And of course, there is a bit of a learning curve for us as Android developers uh, because we don't understand how uh, the callbacks work in uh, Apple, like background location and uh, um, yeah, uh, permissions, uh, iOS permissions and things like that. Um, with, with, with that, uh, we, we took some time on that part. Um, but yeah, mostly it just worked out. The, the, we will talk about the build setup a bit, I guess. Uh, that's the most complex part for us, which took a lot of time. Uh, the compiler was in a very early stage. Um, like uh, the, the even the uh, multi-platform uh, setup is not yet stable. Uh, it was we were using it since alpha, uh, and it has a bit of its own issues. Uh, sometimes it's not helpful messages, but then we have to took we took some time to understand what's going wrong and uh, um, basically setting up the frameworks. And one of the, the uh, toughest part for us was the dependencies. Uh, to, for example, we have Firebase and uh, uh, some third-party libraries that we want to use on both platforms. Um, so we need to integrate Firebase in Kotlin multi-platform. Um, the Android part was easy since we just used Gradle dependency and then it's just char and classes. But in uh, iOS side, it has uh, like CocoaPod setup and we, we tried out a few, few more things like uh, Carthage and uh, CocoaPods and uh, Swift uh, Package Manager, SPM, um, and also directly linking it with uh, custom C interop. Um, so we just, we, we, we just didn't give up on uh, the possibility that we can do this. 
So I, I kept on fighting and <laughs> tried all the possible solutions that I could find. And uh, we, we end up using custom C interrupts. Uh, we just uh, have a source code in our repository. And we, we, create, a, we create a C interrupt and add custom flags. And, and we were using it as like that from the start. But uh, yeah, as a good news, we, we removed all of those things. Um, now it's plain CocoaPods after Kotlin 1.8.21, which added support for just linking the library instead of creating C interrupts automatically. So that, uh, that made, us, uh, made our build setup a lot easier to do. Now everything is in CocoaPods uh, in terms of third-party libraries. So oh, I want to clarify something also for folks that may not be entirely clear on how this works. Did you end up wrapping Firebase on both platforms? Could you kind of explain a little bit more how you did this and whether C interop came in? I, I think this is. I think this is also. It's it's quite interesting because if that is the case, it's a little bit of a different approach than uh, you know just going out on GitHub and being like, hey, is there a, is there a common library? like by the first party vendor or is there someone who's re-implemented this in in common kotlin uh yeah so i'm very curious about this answer yeah. as well yeah sure of course we that's what everyone wants to do like go to github and search if there is an interesting <laughs> library that we, that we want to use <laughs> open source um um, um yeah uh, of course we found the open source uh, firebase library called from uh, organization called GitLive, if I remember correctly. Um, they had a setup, uh, but unfortunately it didn't work at the stage when we were want to, when we were integrating it. Like uh, the, the interop builds were failing for some reason. Um, then I took some time to understand what's going wrong. Um, of course, like the, the library is also uh, uh, a wrapper of Firebase. Uh, it's just a abstraction class and then have Android implementations in Android and the C sharp in, uh, not C sharp. C plus C. C plus. Objective C. Some other language that we don't know about. I recently heard that, right. I recently yeah. heard that objective C plus plus is also a thing, by the way, just to add it to the mix. You know, you'll, you'll always be confused. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's very subjective of you. Oh, God. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> So um, we we in integrated the library uh, with uh, the native language. Um, so we, it's basically an abstraction in Kotlin um, as a wrapper for Firebase. And we took some in inspiration from those libraries that really helped us a lot to think about uh, possible solutions because we know that we don't have to do from scratch. Uh, we know there is a working library that have done something similar that used to work of course, it's not maintained properly right now, um, but that was our motivation. It, it it used to work previously, so we could make it work as well by fixing the setup. Um, so that's kind of like I, I would say probably the, the the very bottom of your stack, since that's like persistence and networking. Um, are you relying on any other um, like general Kotlin multi-platform libraries, or or maybe even? I, I assume there weren't that many Compose multi-platform libraries when you started, but I mean, we've actually seen quite a quite a growth in, in libraries over over the last couple of months. So I'm just wondering, is there anything you're you're building on on there? We we use Ktor and they use the Darwin engine for iOS and OK HTTP for Android. Um, so 
nothing, no, no issues there. It just worked from day one um, because it's, uh, yeah. And also uh, Kotlin X serialization for uh, JSON parsing and the Kotlin X date time for datem functions, which is very important for us in this internal labs. Uh, we want to have a common um, proper time library. <laughs> um, <laughs> we used to have uh, the Java date time before, and uh, and since like it's it's a it's a bit restrictive on Android part, I would say, like the latest Java time APIs, we can't use it in Android because of Java version limitations, and then we were using. Uh, a library 13 Android 13, I forgot what's it called, the time 13 library from Jake Watton. And then like we since it's JVM based, we want something that's multi-platform. And Kotlin X Datem was a perfect fit for us. It's so simple and easy to set up, works out of the box. We use instance everywhere. Um, and like even our backend servers use ISO formatting. So we just have instance everywhere and it's it's so good um, uh, with the Kotlin X date time. Um, so those are from official libraries from uh, Kotlin, which helped us a lot to get started uh, with this basic um, uh, but important uh, setup in our architecture. And in terms of third-party libraries, we use uh, multi-platform settings for persistence and uh, Napier, I think, for logging with multi-platform, which inspired from Jake Watton's Timber. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like uh, the ML kit for barcode scanning, um, where, and then Apple's inbuilt uh, ML barcode scanning API, whatever that is called. Um, <laughs> it's also called ML kit, I think. They both agreed on a common name, apparently. And yeah, uh, so we, we and uh, like those sort of third-party libraries in KMM, of course, helped us a lot. And we also we have been looking into some compose libraries as well. There is a library that's recently released, uh, which sort of mimics the compose uh, iOS in like a native feel, which is quite interesting. Uh, that we might try in some time. So I have a follow-up question with this. Um... Regarding Firebase, someone that's listening to this, they, they feel, okay, this look took a lot of effort, right? Because they had to basically create all these wrappers around Firebase and uh, maybe it's just not there yet. Maybe it's not ready. Outside of Firebase, would you generally say that there is enough on the ecosystem for someone to uh, start creating successfully multi-platform applications independently of even uh, Compose or not? I mean, did the did the amount of libraries in the community give you that feeling? Because when we go at, go to Kotlin Conf and AdroidCon and everywhere else, we say, "Look, look at the graph; it's growing. There's over one thousand two hundred libraries that are multi-platform now." Yeah, absolutely. I think so. There are a lot of uh, uh, really good uh, multi-platform libraries out there, and uh, it's absolutely it covers basically everything we needed for at least. So, uh, and also the Firebase uh, library now works with, with CocoaPod, so that's that's also nice. Um, but yeah, I, I would say it's absolutely ready. 
Well, that's good to hear, right, Seb? Th that's absolutely excellent to hear. I'm I'm quite delighted about that. Uh, I also I I find it I find it awesome, uh, Parter, that you that you shouted out the uh, I think the live is called composed look and feel, um, where um, essentially yeah the the idea is, since we are rendering uh, everything through canvas, uh, we need to do a little bit more work to get all the the human interface guideline stuff correct for for iOS because that is. Uh, that a couple of folks uh, re really want to have that. Um, we see a lot of different opinions, but some some folks really want to have that. Uh, so it's cool to see the the community kind of already uh, pick pick this all up. I just wanted to kind of like note again for just for myself how I'm I'm always so impressed because the obviously the the names of the libraries that you've dropped they're they're not new names right it's like it's ktor it's uh it's multi-platform settings it's napier like these is kotlin exercise these have all been around these have all been been tested and for me personally I've, i'm terribly sorry because i'm gonna fanboy about compose multi-platform myself here uh, the, the the fact that you can now just write the, the the whole app in a common language and you don't throw away like all the knowledge that you've amassed over over years and years of writing kotlin for me, it still blows my mind to this day. Yeah, same. It's just we 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 said it over and over again. Like this is crazy how how easy it is. We just it just works. We just move some files and then everything works. It's uh yeah, it's fantastic. And as you say, Seb, like just to keep your expertise in coupling and to be able to make this nice app still. It's yeah, it's. I, I feel like it's the the um, what's it called cross platform done right. Yeah, um, I think the the true magic really is just in in the fact that it's uh, yeah it's it it builds natively on on all the stuff that people have already been learning for for quite a while, and I I really enjoy seeing a lot of like libraries now on the on the compose layer like also jumping on the train. You know, we we get all the image loading libraries. Um, like we get all the kind of component kits and, and more and more people are considering just publishing all of that as multi-platform because for them, just like you said, most of the time it's it's just moving a couple of files and changing the way they distribute it and all of a sudden they target a, a much wider audience. And of course, the underlying Kotlin multi-platform ecosystem uh, that has already been uh, been growing for years. Um, I do want to... Just, just to make sure that we covered this part completely. Um, so you, you said you migrated from your Android app to Kotlin multi-platform first, independently of the um, of the like view logic or um, kind of how you how you actually display the UIs. And you said you were re replacing live data with like state flows, so the stuff that's built on top of the coroutines machinery, because that's obviously multi-platform. Um, and I guess. At that point, you moved to to Ktor, maybe from from something else. What what did you use before? We had uh, Retrofit plus OKHTP before. Okay, and did you decide to go with a with a plain Ktor implementation? Because there's also like the the Ktor Fit project out there, right? Which is this Kotlin symbol processor to kind of give you the same API. Yeah, we we just use plain Ktor. Okay. All right, cool. And were there were there any other like parts that were specifically that you just like you had to rip out in the process, or, or where you maybe didn't anticipate that you were so tightly coupled with the underlying system beforehand? Anything like that? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, those those APIs, we end up creating abstractions. And like we have some, for example, uh, we have uh, the, the courier app needs to communicate to a thermal printer, um, which is and like and custom SDK from from a printing company, and we we just had an abstraction and just have the Android implementation part done ready, uh, even though we had didn't had an iPhone app before. So we just left that part empty. So this way we don't we are not blocked by multi-platform itself. Like we can still write uh, common code and have Android like if, even though the printer library doesn't support iOS. We had Android part done, and we start using and um, common code for Android. So that that sort of um, ideology from Kotlin multi-platform uh, helped us a lot uh, in those cases. So you could still kind of move along at at like whatever speed you had, whatever the platform supported, and then just kind of do things gradually independently. That's really neat. Exactly. Okay, so I want to play uh, devil's advocate a little bit here, and I'm going to get. <laughs> you you it's, look it's, surprised. It's, no, it's so called it's, developer advocate. It's not in character advocate. of me, is it? It's, it's called like... developer advocate, not devil's advocate. <laughs> <laughs> Slight difference. <laughs> ah, who knows? <laughs> I am. I am by no means implying that a developer is a devil. I'm just saying there's an expression that is called playing devil's advocate. Oh, and see. all of you are fan people of Kotlin and, you, you know, how I leverage my Kotlin knowledge and blah, blah, this and blah, 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 which is fantastic. Like, you know, as someone said to me recently at DroidCon, they, they, it was actually very inspiring because they came to me and they said, you know what, what, I, what, what I realized after your keynote? I'm like, what? That you're an amazing speaker. No, that was, well, that's true. <laughs> but that wasn't what they, they said. Uh, they said that, I realized that I'm no longer an Android engineer. I'm a Kotlin engineer, and Kotlin engineer allows me to be Android, iOS, you know, multi-server side, with with its caveats, obviously. But we know what 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 they were saying, right? But let me let's let's look at this from an iOS perspective. Let's look at this from a developer that doesn't have experience with Kotlin. Uh, how many people are you now on the team? Just the two of you still? Um, we have uh, two teams working with uh, mobile apps. We have one team for the courier app and one team for the, the internal terminal apps. And me and Parth are in the, the terminal apps team. Okay. Uh, but we do have another, yeah. Uh, do you have any iOS developers that are working on this? Yes. Yeah. And how are they feeling about this? Well, um, it's it's not the the there are some improvement areas uh, <laughs> that can be done. They see like that, or it's one person, and um, yeah, like the, the build speed and the, the swift interop, uh, etc. And uh, that's how they feel. <laughs> okay, so let me rephrase the question more explicitly. What do you think? Because you know we have this perception, and by no means do I want to uh, uh, insult any iOS developer. In fact, I would love for them to be listening to this show and reach out to me, please, or to Seb. But yeah, uh, <laughs> whatever. Reach out to us, uh, uh, but don't talk about the weather. Uh, 
And so there is this perception that iOS developers don't want to touch Kotlin. iOS developers want to work with Swift. iOS developers this, iOS developers that. And I'm try we're trying to figure out also, is it, is it really the case or actually if we solve all of the barriers that are present, all of the issues that they may have, they would be more receptive and open and enjoying it, right? Because fundamentally, we are all people, right? There is no, you know, fundamental difference between a Kotlin developer and iOS developer. I mean, we were all the same. It, and, and if there's people that really love and enjoy Kotlin, why can't an iOS developer love and enjoy Kotlin? So there must be something that is impeding them from that. And you point out Swift Interop, you point out build times. Anything else? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I work closely with our iOS developer in the team. Um, uh, like we had initial syncs, uh, like we discussed about um, the whole Kotlin picture even before writing any code. Um, like uh, I, I explained the developer, like, what is this? Why are we doing this right now? That was the first uh, question from, from the developer. Like, why do we need to talk to each other? <laughs> you are from Android. <laughs> uh, so that took some time. Like we did a lot of talking. Um, um, like then, they, then like the develop, diverse developers, they really liked the concept of um, sharing code, like, like critical business logics uh, um, that takes up time on both team to implement. Um, and like the whole concept of uh, multi-platform that we can switch out any layers uh, that we can share. It doesn't matter, UI layer, data layer, or even network layer using Ktor, like any layers that we can just share code. So they, they really like this approach of uh, we working as working together. And initially we discussed about the uh, like libraries that we use in Kotlin, for example, flows and coroutines. And I tried to explain it in reference to combine in SwiftUI, uh, which is like, yeah, it's a scoped function, like async tasks, and we do it like this. And it's this is how it's similar to combine. So I took a lot of reference from Apple and explained this is the equivalent that we have in Kotlin. Um, so, so it's easier for them to understand. And then we did small prototypes, like uh, writing a simple Compose iOS app. Um, and we, yeah, try to uh, ex explore the uh, multi-platform library. And we like one of the days uh, uh, after this discussions, uh, the iOS developer, he wrote a simple Kotlin program, which helped us a lot. Like, uh, for example, the scanner that we were working on, it's, a, it's using the ML kit from Apple. Um, we tried out a few APIs from the knowledge of Android developers. Uh, it was slow initially. Like each barcode, it took like six seconds to scan. And we had no idea why it took that long. And like we don't have experience on the ML kit from Apple as well. So we like then the team, uh, the iOS member in our team, I, uh, he helped us a lot. And he figured out we are using a wrong API apparently. And then he fixed it himself writing some Kotlin code. Of course, it's not that much, but it's a whole file of Kotlin. And since the APIs looks like uh, Apple framework, like it's still writing 
letters and words from Apple APIs, but it's just not Swift. You write Kotlin uh, with the same thing. So that helped, uh, helped him a lot to get started. Like, uh, yeah, like he can contribute in this space as well in terms of multi-platform. And yeah, that's our experience with our rivals developers. No, I like I liked how you said it's a it's a whole file of Kotlin and, and I like <laughs> in my head the image of the you know that those plugins with the file scrollers of because the file is so long. You actually need like a preview thing. Like how long is a file? You know? How long is a piece of string? How long is a file? <laughs> so but but just to be clear, so you you said and, and I really like this. You you said essentially to, to get them on board, um and especially work with stuff like the concurrency primitives, you you went ahead and, and you, you spoke their language. You spoke the language of the iOS developer, you told them things in in terms of uh, combine. Now I'm curious. So how how did you come to to make these these comparisons? Did you like read up on combine and then like map it back in your brain and kind of do like a an explainer there, or was it more like a, a dialogue where the other person figures out like, oh, the thing you described that's that's the same as we have in combine. Like how did that go? Uh, I, I did the first thing, um, the first option. Like I explored the combine um, Apple frameworks. Uh, so not, not, uh, like I, I uh, went went ahead and learned the Apple frameworks and APIs. Since I'm the one initiating this conversation, so um, I did my preparations to talk about uh, like what we are going to do with this multi-platform things. So it took me some time to understand the combine and um, other Apple um, specific um, coding culture or whatever. Um, like they have, uh, they also have something similar to Compose in SwiftUI, uh, like the reactive, um, I don't know what it's called. It's, yeah, like the annotations that they add in observ observability, it's hard word to pronounce. Um, like those annotations to re react on changes on this variable. Um, so I, I, I took references like that. Oh, uh, we have something similar in Compose. It's called Compose states. You just have a variable and whenever it updates, it re-renders the UI. So it was easy for me as well to understand the Apple part, Apple APIs, um, just because there, there is so much similarity. Like even Swift UI, um, the components, like if, if I look at the code, it looks almost the same. Like text components, it's just you write text and you pass a string to a text. And it's, it's easy for me to understand what's going on there as well. I feel like this kind of crossover knowledge is like particularly valuable. Uh, I, I feel like if, you know, and, and if you, you know, uh, I'm, I'm not sure if you folks run like an engineering blog or something, but I feel like that would be a, a really cool topic actually. Um, because uh, for me personally, the, like how I got started with, with, Jetpack Compose or with Compose Multiplatform was I, I found a React to, to Jetpack Compose dictionary, which kind of tells you how do the individual concepts map to each other so you so you understand how things work in your vocabulary. So I'm not, now I'm thinking uh, maybe a, a, a flow to combine dictionary uh, might be like a super, super cool thing to have as well. That would be super useful. You know what I'm also thinking that maybe we should have uh, iOS developers on this show because this is starting to feel like, you know, those closing panels that are discussing women in technology all formed <laughs> by men, right? It's like, 
maybe we should get folks on the team that actually we are talking about and, and have them share their opinions. That sounds like a great idea, actually. We should, 100%. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, as, as Kotlin moves further and further along the stack and gains more, uh, more traction in, in all the multi-platform projects, that surely will all fuse together into one big happy family of, of developers. Yeah, plus we can entice them. Like, come on the show. We give out free rulers. And this oh. and this episode is sponsored by <laughs> United <laughs> Office, bringing rulers to your home. They rule. They rule. Awesome stuff. <sighs> Great. Uh, wow. So do you think, what, what is missing from the Kotlin multi-platform uh, ecosystem right now? Uh, and the I'm Compose. Sorry, compose yeah. multi-platform ecosystem. There's nothing missing uh, from Kotlin multi-platform. <laughs> There is there is one thing uh, that we've been redoing a couple of times, and that is screen navigation. We've used a couple of different screen navigation third-party libraries. We of course had Jetpack com uh, Compose navigation, Jetpack navigation from the start, but that's not multi-platform. So then we started exploring, and we used decomposed. We used uh, Compose destinations, and we are now on Voyager, plus some modifications on that. Beautiful name, yeah. Voyager. <laughs> have you seen uh, their, but... their README? Um, they have a cute little like icon of the Star Trek, like the, the yeah. ship oh, yeah. Enterprise. <laughs> I'm just waiting for the next library that's going to call themselves Deep Space Nine. Who you knows? know, it's like. Oh. <laughs> uh... So just yeah, navigation, basically. Navigation would be the, the biggest one, I think. Yeah. Um, we also needed to implement our own uh, back gesture uh, handling. That would be nice to get that. And uh, yeah, hmm. that's that would be a very good start. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've seen a couple of libraries like pop up now, like like precompose or or, or Apex that also kind of do this. These these kind of gesture integrations. So I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping that will it won't be for for much longer that these remain like unsolved uh, topics. <laughs> um, okay, so we are almost out of time. So uh, my I I still have one one big question, which is of course you 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 have been these daredevils of starting with the with a pre-alpha version and now we're you know now JetBrains is committed to building compose multi-platform uh what is it is there anything that you would like to say to to teams that are currently contemplating building a multi-platform or just a, a generally a cross-platform app um and that are maybe also looking into compose multi-platform go for it no i mean um it's uh it's still a little bit early, uh, if you have, especially if you want to have uh, uh, what you call it, like vendor-specific design, um, device-specific design. If you want Apple-ish design on your iPhones and Android design on, on Android phones, that's uh, still a bit early. Um, also, what else was there? Um, I mean, it's we've, we've encountered a crash here and there. Um, we're, we think it will stabilize more soon. But since it's self-contained, it it has the potential to be be very very stable. And yeah, what do you say, Parda? 
Yeah. Uh, for me, my, my thought is like, if you already have an app that is Kotlin and Compose, and I, it's it's it would be the best decision to have Compose iOS as well, because just because the reason that it's it's almost free. Um, uh, you just move files to a directory, and it, it's it's a fairly usable right now. <laughs> um, and I can see the uh, community is also growing a lot. Um, like I see more Compose iOS specific libraries, like navigation, back gestures, animations, and a lot of uh, nice improvements to that part. And uh, sooner or later, it will be a smoother experience to just have Compose for iOS. Um, when you already have a Compose project. So yeah, I see a great future uh, on this platform. Yep, and so remember folks, uh, as uh, someone recently said from JetBrains, I think it was you, Seb, at DroidCon. Remember folks, we don't uh, recommend using uh, Compose for iOS in production, uh, unless you're InstaB. If you're InstaB, <laughs> they recommend it wholeheartedly. <laughs> and uh, to be fair, I also, you also said that we're not your parents, and I agree, right? Um, I always look at people, they're like, oh, is it, like, folks come to the booth and they say to me, when is it going to be beta uh, at this point? When is it going to be released at this point? Okay, well, well, we'll look at it when it's released. And I'm like, do you realize that the JavaScript community, like, opens a GitHub repository and literally everyone is forking it and just starting to use it, and even there's nothing there? And, and why is it that we are so obsessed with uh, versions and, and things like that? Yeah. But yeah. Anyway, uh, it's... Uh, oh, by the way, Seb, I have a comment for you. Okay. Uh, you said, well, we're running out of time. Do you realize that we literally run out of time every single time? Like, we, we, this show is meant to be like 35 minutes. And we is have it? never met. Yeah. So huh. the concept of the time is flexible. Or is my... As uh, as they said, uh, ticking away the moments that make up a dull day. Oh, that's a nice ending to uh, to, uh, <laughs> to the show. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, Pink Floyd, but not that album. So, folks, it was great having you on the show. Uh, thank you for not only coming on. Thank you for adopting our technologies. Uh, we're very excited at JetBrains. We really want to move forward with this. We're fully committed to it. And we have a ton of things in the work, which we're not going to share with you just yet, but <laughs> it's all coming. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Yep. Yeah. Thank awesome. you for having us. Yeah. From my yeah. perspective, thank also. You. Thank you. Thank you so much again for, for coming on. It was it was absolutely uh, delightful. Best of luck with the uh, with the rest of your multi-platform journey, obviously. And we we really do hope that some of our listeners might also reach out to us afterwards and maybe tell us about the cool things that they've already built with Compose multi-platform uh, on iOS and Kotlin multi-platform in general. It's a it's a really really good time to be a Kotlin developer. It feels like. All right. And remember. Hit the bell, subscribe, leave a comment if you like the show. If it's going to comment about the weather, don't leave a comment. Every time you write a negative comment about the weather, a little kitten dies. Then again, I hate cats, so I don't care. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, until next time. <laughs> See you in the next one, everyone. Bye-bye.